0: Hey there. Welcome to the show. Wow. Can you believe where did April go? You know, and uh, yeah, April showers. Here we go. Doesn't look like it's going to be bringing the flowers right away. You know, more rain forecasted. I got to tell you, it's putting a real damper on my mood when it comes down to uh, certain things, but you know, I'm never, I'm never really that, uh, that upset about real estate. There's always so much to talk about. And by the way, I do want to thank all of our guests that joined us this past week for our simple seminar webinar. Wow. What an incredible night. And for those of you that did tune into the webinar, thanks for doing that. Hopefully, you know, we're getting a little bit better with the combo with the people here in the studio. If you missed out, by the way, you missed out with some games. Um, obviously I can't go to Vegas the way I roll a dice. Uh, <laughs> If you don't know what I'm referring to, you can turn around and, uh, you know, catch it on our uh, on our feed here and uh, take a look at what actually happened. But, you know, lots of fun and with people in the studio, a lot of giveaways and, of course, all leading up to a very, very special time tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., we have this incredible release that's coming out, one bedrooms at 129.9. i I'm... I really got to tell you, I don't think I'm going to ever be able to pull this out again. You know, 129 dollars for a one-bedroom condominium. Uh, you know, it's fully tenanted. You have nothing to worry about. Guaranteed rent. By the way, we've been doing that for almost 14 years now. And at the end of the day, you know, it's amazing. I just, you know, we just keep getting lucky, I guess. But ultimately, in the end, you know, maybe uh, you can win the draw here. Like I said, tomorrow morning. You know, it's uh, go to the simpleinvestor.com, register so you can actually be put on the list to be able to register and get me really, really excited. Like I said, tomorrow morning, 9am, it's the time to go. So go to the simpleinvestor.com to do it. And uh, again, I had some great guests joining me uh, and I had none, none other than Dave Butler from BM Select. Of course, Dave is here with me this week. Uh, in the one corner because we do have the real estate talk triangle this week and uh, I do have Tim Sirianos joining me and just so you know, Tim Sirianos is the broker owner of Remax Ultimate, former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board and also a former director at the Canadian Real, Assist- Canadian real Estate Association and I've got Dave Butler here, uh, he is the broker owner of BM Select of course, um, both you know, huge knowledge, uh, Tim has one of the most incredible brokerages Great group of agents, you know. Uh, really, really, a good handle on the Toronto real estate market. And Dave, you know, uh, th- there's nobody I can turn around and and speak, uh, you know, hire of uh, when we talk about mortgages. His team are there, you know. They have done so much with the Simple Investor Group. Uh, unbelievable. So, guys, welcome to the Triangle. Oh, great to be here again, I man. It's always good to see you too. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I did see Dave the other night, uh, Tim, you know, I know, uh, one of these days we'll get you out to one of the seminars. It It is a lot of fun. I got to tell you, you know, it's, you get so much interaction and, and I love, I love when the uh, audience participates. I know you do a lot of speaking, obviously big, big brokerage. So even if it's just your staff, it's still quite large. And, you know, I think, I think you kind of get the vibe, right? You get the that energy from people.
1: Oh, I definitely do, and and uh, you know, kudos to you. It's it's amazing the success you're having with it so far. And I'm listening to you talking about a a hundred twenty nine thousand dollar, <laughs> you know, nine a.m. be there. I mean, if anybody wants to compare. Uh, just give me a call um tomorrow and i could probably sell a parking spot in a locker for two hundred and (laughs) fifty (laughs) thousand dollars. so actually that's a transaction we just did about a week ago it just gives you some some perspective when it comes to uh to values in toronto right now
0: yeah i know and so tim you know I, i i'm gonna jump in right away with you because you know let's talk about the real estate market you know here we are spring market of course um you know one of the things that You've had so many naysayers you know you've seen it you read the articles i mean sometimes i think you get fed articles and there's like 15 different opinions in one article uh tell us what is happening in the toronto real estate market today so it's quite interesting because i have a
1: perspective i can share with both of you which is quite unique we are a downtown brokerage uh we have probably about seven locations that we're affiliated with in the downtown well center core of the city but a lot of our of our realtors also, you know, spread out into you know parts of the burbs. So we are not a type of brokers that gives you a number by being in Oshawa or Mississauga or Newmarket, uh, you know, or just you know in Cambridge or what have you. But we're also uh, a brokers that gives you Toronto numbers, and then again, it spreads outward to where the consumer is actually looking at buying and selling. It, it, the interesting thing that I want to share with everybody is that not everything is selling, but the market's on fire. So not to sound like a uh, a media headline that's confusing <laughs> you know but you know i just want and i, and I want to provide this insight it's, it's extremely important right now because we are in the spring market and you know the market did start off with a lot of uncertainty we talked about the front end of 2023 being you know possibly quite different than the back end of 2023 we've had the pauses in the interest rates right now um, the supply that's on the market is just so low the trend the amount of transactions that are being done this is very important information the amount of transactions being done are way down but the amount of homes being offered for sale are also way down so what we're seeing right now is most properties that are move in condition you know in a you know great spot to be in right now especially with you know what they will talk about with financing and getting secondary financing what we're seeing right now is that those properties are getting anywhere, anywhere from 8 10 offers to as many as 38 offers so we, we're we seeing, um, you know, back in 18, when I was, you know, president of TREB, I believe I was here talking to you about this. And I said, if you put, you know, your hand over, you know, uh, a pond if filled with piranhas in the pond, you're not going to lose what you're feeding. It'll lose your arm to the elbow. Right. <laughs> and that's kind of what it feels like, you know, in many parts of Toronto right now, the, the uh, lower part of the market, when I mean by that is, you know, condos, townhouses, semis, You know homes that are up to about a million and a half a million eight million seven those are really really attractive right now and people are shopping um you know obviously the stress test is one thing the actual interest rate that they're getting is not historically high and they're starting to make sense of that yep and they're really focused right now so uh the market is really there's a lot of like fire like there's feast or famine you know agents yeah. that have listings are feasting agents who are representing buyers it's famine yeah because it's like they're just losing every single day
0: yeah so it, it's like really a tale of two markets and you know for most people that know a little bit about you know my history I was a listing agent so i I, yes, I, I, I that I've always always try to tell people listen you list to last in in the world of real estate and You know, Tim, you, you did touch on one thing though, and, and, and I do want to kind of elaborate on it. so when we talk about condos, townhomes, semi-detachers, we, a lot, a lot of times we talk about first time home buyers, correct. Right. And, And at this time, and I've always, always said to everybody, when you start seeing first time home buyers come back into a marketplace, this is now the start of a new cycle. Because what ends up happening is, is that some of the first-time sellers are starting to see, well, wait a minute, we're going to make profit. If we make profit, that means I can go to the detached house or the semi-detached mm-hmm. house. We're actually going to get a backyard. We're actually going to get a double car garage. So now, this is what I, you know, I and, and, and I'm sure, you know, the guys would find this clip somewhere. But I've always said that to see a market start to recover, to start to get going again, we need the first-time home buyers back in the market this is not an investor
1: this is not a flipper this is not somebody who's trying to do anything that you know the media or different political people in power have you know painted this brush that exists right now this is all end user they still need assistance from mom and dad they still need you know to to dig deep when it comes to you know to, to finding the down payment that gets started but these are end users it's very promising and what's also very promising is that even though there may be as many as 25 or 30 offers on property, my analysis, which is, you know, I'm, I'm very proud to always jump into the numbers and, and review what we're doing is that the homes are selling on average for about 12% above ask. So you're not seeing, and they're priced right, by the way, yeah, I was you gonna know,
0: say, they're, they're not that. that. Well, yeah, because <laughs> my,
1: in my market, like in my, in my neighborhood where I live, it's a really interesting point you know, if you're 10% above market, you know, and your home is worth, you know, say two, nine, but you're asking three, four, three, three, well, there's 10%. That's a big, that's a big number. Sure. But if you're, if, you know, and then people think, well, that, you know, if you're buying for 1.2, you know, 10 percent's is not as big a number, but the psychology of the buyer has changed over the past 10 years you almost have to be right bang on market value or a little bit more aggressive and be below. Below, yeah. <laughs> and that's the only way you get, you know, that sweet spot. 10% above ask, it, it'll sit. Yep. It, it's not, it's not going to move. But when you're like within 1% or 2% above or below, then everybody comes flooding in.
0: So Dave, finally to you. <laughs> and this, sorry about that. Sorry about that. But Dave, you're, here's the thing. You know, Tim makes a very interesting point when we talk about ask. And, and yeah, I mean, you were in the... Th- thick of it when you know prices the agents would lowball the the asking price right so if it's worth one five they come in at nine hundred thousand you know people are bidding 1.8 on it here you are trying to get people financed I mean there's these huge discrepancies yeah
2: yeah what a. I mean such a change actually it's so funny because Tim and I were talking obviously before the show but we were kind of talking about how is the market going and we both said the same thing which is it's a lot of end users. You're not like right now. I think the big difference between what we called the mania before and what might be maybe starting now is that before rates were so low that you had the short-term investors that could come in, buy a property, fix it up, sell it, make a profit. That's not here. You can't do that currently today with today's interest rates. So what we're finding is like you said, and what you are also saying with the first-time buyers, we're analyzing the data going, holy smokes, this is more end users that we and remember we are predominantly most of our clients are real estate investors we're doing more and more and more deals of end users now the cool thing is our investors are still coming to us and being like hey we want to be pre-approved ready to go you know we think things might be changing in the market but they're not pulling the trigger as much as what we're seeing which is first-time buyers people that wanted to sell their home but because there was so much uncertainty with rates going up they now have seen a pause for two meetings in a row and gone, all right, maybe things are stabilizing time to sell and coordinating that with obviously spring market. And look what we got. we got something going
0: on. Yeah. So folks, we're going to go to a quick break. I will be bringing back, obviously, uh, Tim Serianos, broker owner of Remax ultimate Dave, uh, Butler from BM select. He's the broker owner there. And when we come back, we've got more. Hey, by the way, don't forget, follow me on Instagram, the simple investor one my guys uh the team are doing great with uh, some of our posts and maybe you'll like them so stay with us we'll be right back after this hey there welcome back so uh this part of the show uh every single month we call it the real estate talk triangle and my panelists joining me uh i've got tim serianos here he is the broker owner of remax ultimate he's also the former president of the toronto real estate board as well as a former director at the canadian real estate association and i've got dave butler he's the broker owner of bm select and so you know here's the thing um guys just before the break you know we were talking obviously about you know looking at the market uh dave you know uh on record we've got you being able to say hey i think the inflationary number is gonna go down and sure enough you were right the other week before they did post this uh you know inflation down 4.3 um that's uh that was a big decrease, yeah that was well, that was the biggest one statistically you know you look
2: at it going from five point two to four point three was it was bigger than the impact of of obviously five point nine to five point two but yeah, I mean, topping out at eight point one I think we're we're on we're on the right track, but you know look, we've got you know some things that we want to be realistic and look at it from all angles, you know you've got gas prices are going to be up over the next couple of months so one thing that i am keeping an eye on is are we going to see any stickiness in inflation but if we can continue the downtrend that's certainly what we want to see and i think that's certainly what the bank candle wants to see um you know yeah i think we've already said it before i think the next meeting uh which isn't uh well cpi comes out in may uh, next meeting is june you know if we can get like i said a 3.8 Three point nine, even lower that will fall in line with what what makes sense based on what's going on in the macro environment today
0: so let's talk about bank canada uh tiff macklin you know um we 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 love and hate him um (laughs) you know and and right now you know most of the people i think his staff they're patting him on the back going hey way to go tiff you handled inflation quite well you know kept jamming them with the increases um i don't agree on how they conducted it i don't agree with the seven increases of eight you know, uh, monetary meetings last year. Uh, I don't agree with the aggressiveness of, you know, half point, whole point. I mean, come on. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to say, yeah, but I want to keep buying real estate. Yeah, I do want to keep buying real estate. They haven't made it easy for anybody out there. Dave, when we talk about interest rates, you know, you and I know that there's some B lenders that are kind of easing down because of bond rates. You know, there's some opportunity out there. Talk to our listeners about what they should be anticipating, you know, called the next 36 days but there are opportunities where there, it doesn't have a five in front of it yeah you know we're seeing it's it's been interesting that
2: for some reason the three-year there's there's been some packages that have been offered from certain banks on three-year products that had fours in front of them obviously bond yields are quite volatile so you'll see some lender come out and offer something and then it's gone the next day but the new lender a new lender comes in and got a special so makes it you know even that more important that you're making sure that you're working in an environment with your team that allows you the ability to work with multiple lenders I think that's important because anytime you've got this type of volatility in the market some lenders are going to be a big player one month and some lenders are going to be a big player the next month and then some are going to back out in a quarter so you got to really know how that all works but you know ultimately as far as what things are going to do over the next little while i think if we can see a good cpi print in may meaning that comes keeps coming back down you should see the bond yield market continue to react we are seeing it settling out and in in around a certain percentage that you know we could be breaking to the downside which is good um and honestly I, i mean japan canada is we we know they're going to stand pat so it's really 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 about focusing on fixed rates which are tied to the bonds and that market will sniff out when moves are going to happen before they happen and that's traditionally how it works you just have to be on the right on the right side of time it seems like
0: you know tim we've been talking about volume and you know being in the the industry the way we are i mean you know dave mortgages you you retail real estate Big picture for the banks right now, of course, is that you can say how much volume's not happening, right? And Dave can say how many mortgages aren't happening. Well, hello, banks. Um, how's your numbers looking? Like you know, their volume's way down, way down. And and I can't believe you know they may be coming up with some profit, but not nearly what they were like licking their chops with there for 2021, especially. So at this stage, Tim, you know, we've got to look at the fact that you know. banks have got to be getting hungry sooner or later. Like, look, we've got other end users that are hungry. We've got, you know, obviously realtors, you know, consumers, consumers are hungry. They want the product, but they're kind of sitting on the fence. Well, it's interesting because I'm
1: actually listening to our agents in our meetings. I ask them several questions all the time about the activity, the mindset, you know, what their clients are looking for. And we're discovering that when it comes to the mortgages, they're looking at one, two year rate, three year rates. They don't want, they don't want five year rates. So if the bank's are trying to get people in to lock in. I mean, obviously variable is not an environment that anybody wants to be in right now. They feel that they can, They. they it, it seems the mood on the street in the real estate transaction aspect, not Dave's world, right? Yeah. But our, our discussion is that we're gonna be better in a better place in two years from now, right? So if we're gonna be better in, in a place in two years from now, so then why would I pay a variable rate? But I don't wanna pay a five-year rate because I'm gonna hedge my bet that I'm gonna be in a better place and you know what happens in that case is, it's short-term kind of commitment to a bank as well, right? A lot of things change that way. I mean, eventually, we've you know I've seen when I say I, we as an industry, we've seen uh, offerings from banks, um you know, with a reduction, like with an offer that's less than what's posted, uh, directly to to a homeowner. So I'm hoping that that continues to happen as we move forward.
0: Yeah, and and Dave, you know, Tim makes a you know a good point when we take a look at you know, what's out there and it, I'm not going to call it a side deal, but you know, there are those, the banks where they're sitting there saying, well, come and see us. And, and, you know, the idea, I'm pretty sure you're encouraging everybody that one, two year rates, the way to go. I mean, right now, Bank of Canada did say, Hey, don't look at any kind of reduction until, you know, 2024. Uh, I'll throw my, my, my hat in the ring saying, no, 2023, I think there could be a quarter point reduction. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly a
2: chance. I mean, uh, you know, they, it's it's we're gonna see how everything rolls out. But at the end of the year, you know, by December, January, whether it is the December or the or the January meeting, I I, I definitely think there's gonna be some action. Um, you know, and as far as one and two year, yeah, I mean, I think we were, you know, at, at BM Select, we were kind of out front at the beginning. You know, really, I would say probably late summer last year, saying, look, you know, like short term is the way to go. You know, signing a five year at an elevated you know, level that we hadn't hit for many, many years just didn't really seem like the logical play. Um, You know, and again, with the volatility there, you have to look at it and say, okay, there is going to be maybe better spots to choose. So, you know, we've been kind of at the forefront of that. Um, But yeah, you're right, Tim. I mean, signing a four or five year deal doesn't make sense right now, unless that is like, you know, your family has made the decision and you've done the finances and that you're not you're not willing to live with the risk of maybe what could happen. But um, yeah, we've seen a lot of that lately. But yeah, interest rates. Look, it's we're going to see something, you know, the way I look at it. When I look at those, those bond yield charts, it's going to break somewhere. It's either going up or it's going down. But if inflation is continuing on the right path, then you're going to see interest rates at some point have to come down. So it goes.
0: Yeah. And Tim, you know, it's interesting because when, when in your marketplace, you know, we, and we t- did talk about first time home buyers, um, you know, for a long time, they were sitting there, they, they were given an interest rate that it was free money and yet still. You know, if you're, if you've got a four in something, that's still historically a interest rate. I mean, eliminate the stress test just for a minute,
1: just let's pretend it's gone. (laughs) And now let's look at the interest rate and we're all nodding our head here. It's absolutely amazing. It's a great rate. It's not a bad rate at all. I mean, again, my first rate in 2000, newlyweds was 6.4 and I thought it was a steal, right? So I mean, we've been just so conditioned with free you know yep. free borrowing we'll call it for for a period of time uh that is just hard to accept that those numbers may never come and i've said it before i mean i wish i bought uh, a condo in florida in 08 when the dollar was at par with the us dollar and there was a meltdown there and i wish i bought then now from 08 to 2023 it hasn't happened again yeah i don't think it's going to happen again that way so yeah you know, we're having people waiting for 1% or 1.5% or 1.9% interest rates. Is just wipe that off? Like just just yep. you know, put that behind us. It was something we experienced like the pandemic yeah. that won't happen for another hundred years, hopefully. And you know, let's just move forward and look at this environment. Um, because right now I'm just every single buyer that's out there today and from our team's messaging, they all wish they bought in
0: November no that's a, you know that's a great point and uh speaking of uh, florida properties and and being really inexpensive you know coming up tomorrow 9 a.m <laughs> we actually almost have that 08 price like i said uh for those of you that missed our seminar uh we do have a special release tomorrow morning 9 a.m here at the simple investor and yeah i'd say that's almost an 08 price at 129.9 for a one bedroom it's crazy and uh so we're gonna come back. We're gonna go a quick break. And when we come back, I've got more with Tim and Dave. So stay with us. I'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, this part of our show, we call it a real estate talk triangle. Happens every single month. My guests in studio with me. We've got Dave Butler. He's the broker owner at BM Select, the leading mortgage broker here in Canada. I've got uh, Tim Serianos, he is broker owner of remax ultimate also former president of the toronto real estate board as well as a former director at korea um and uh guys you know it's it, it was interesting because tim you were talking about you know getting into the markets timing everything else and i think a lot of people turn around and, and it's almost like a punishment that they want you know they they believe those speculators last year jumping up and down on the market and there's the odd person that'll turn around and say oh yeah good you know Real estate investors, you know, you're just the greedy landlords. Um, when you and I talk about, and, and, and this is not the simple investor direction, this is just, you know, real estate investment in, in its entirety. You know, we don't have enough rental properties period, bar none. We've got a million people, including foreign students coming into the country now a year, Mm -hmm. a million people. You know, there's a, there's the note that, you know, rents have gone up 15%. You got the government sitting there jumping up and down right now. We've got all sorts of, and I'm going to call it BS. Like if you're a politician and you're trying to tell this is going to be one of your campaign promises, you're going to sit there and start telling landlords that if they had a 20 year tenant and that tenant moves out, you're going to have to start charge the same rent that you charged 20 years ago to the new tenant. I think you've lost your moral compass here because what I'm going to tell every landlord to do is if they ever implemented that, sell, sell to the end user, take all the rental market out and you know what? You can collapse the whole damn thing. I'm sorry. I'm really pissed off at this because I can't believe a politician would turn around and say something like this.
1: Well, look, um, there's, uh, something just passed right now where we're going to be seeing a lot more properties in common neighborhoods becoming duplexes, triplexes, you know, fourplexes, right? There's a lot of relaxation when it comes to the bylaws. And here you are, you have a lot and and what people have to understand is that, well, with one hand, you know, the government and people who are advocating for this are working really hard to bring supply, you know, to different neighborhoods, you know, and remove the NIMBYism that exists. From the other hand, what they're not realizing is that this is an opportunity for multi-generational home ownership, right? so you know here you are you know you're gonna have a triplex i'm just gonna go one step further to kind of touch on what you just said that people are missing here so you're gonna go one step further and say there's a triplex or a fourplex right now that's on the market built 25 years ago or 30 years ago or 50 years ago well you have a choice of either buying a property and converting it into a triplex fourplex and making it a multi-generational home for your family parents you know yourself your kids or you can buy an existing one and remove that property from the rental pool. Exactly. So people have to realize that there's unintended consequences for what pe- what you know what policies are in place. You know, not to beat a dead horse. Um, you know, the city council is always, always, always looking to make money off real estate. You know, the land transfer tax is now a drug to them. And it's become the biggest pain point because sales have dropped from 121,000 to 75,000. Now we have mayor candidates talking about raising, you know, uh, $200 million from corporate taxes or by raising a vacancy tax of 25%, for example, well, hello, there's nothing vacant. Like yeah. what, where, <laughs> what kind of a promise is that? And no disrespect to the mayors who, you know, who want to be mayors who are, who are running. But, you know, I think it's really important that, um, you know, city council and the people who are there and, you know, the general public really question these things and really make sure that they understand, you know, the way we're trying to provide perspective, that these things aren't going to work, right? You do not want to go after triplexes, fourplexes. You do not want to, uh, you want to bring in investment. It's not a dirty word. You need money outside of government to come into the real estate market and become quasi partners without you know giving away tax dollars for nothing right yeah. and you want to be able to relax and promise to the associate the build associations and investors promise them put it in writing rent controls not coming back because there's no it's not a coincidence that ever since rent control came into Ontario purpose-built rentals stopped being built yep.
0: all together. And, and you're going back to the Ray days and I'm going back to Davis days. Yeah. Cause well, it Bob was great. Yeah. Bob Ray was the one who brought in rent control in 19, in the 1980s. Yes. Right. And as you said, all of a sudden stopped all purpose. In fact, in fact, there were big landlords that basically handed back the keys and said, forget it, Dave, you know, Tim made some great points. And when we talk about the idea of, you know. And, and there needs to be an incentive, but what, what, what people are missing. And you know, the, the comment about greedy landlords and everything else. And yeah, I know some of you are sitting there saying, yeah, well, Todd, you're one of them, no, I'm not. Okay. Um, you know, we, we encourage, you know, the mom and pop creating generational wealth, we need to pass this stuff on through the generations. Look, I, I believe personally, if it's possible, you know, you should never sell real estate. Um, if you own investment real estate, you should never sell it. Let, let a tenant live there forever. But here's what supply problem, supply yeah. problem. Yeah, but, <laughs> but here's the, here's the problem. What people are making the mistake is, is so you want to, if you punish a landlord, sooner or later, there'll be no landlords, which is, which then when you take the existing inventory that exists today, if it all shifted to owner occupied, what happens for the tenants, right? Like, cause here's the thing, everybody forgets. And, and Dave, you can talk to this because you work with so many investors. Everybody forgets that if an owner of a rental property decides to sell and the buyer says, I'm going owner-occupied, the tenant doesn't have a choice, okay? It's not like, oh, I get to stay no matter what you say. No, I'm moving into it. You're moving out. Where are you moving to?
2: Yeah, I mean, what, why do we think we had a rush you know, and such mania for the two crazy cycles in 1617, and then recently for investors to buy. Well, it's easy. There are no purpose-built rentals. The only people that really are going to be turning into landlords and renting out are going to be people like you and I, or anyone else, or someone that has the idea and realizes, holy smokes, this is a great opportunity, right? Like this, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, you make a great point. And I always looked at it like a market like we are in with real estate, you have to have a certain segment there for renters. You need to have, not everyone wants to own a home and not everyone can own a home. That's just life, unfortunately. They don't want right? to own a home. And they don't want, exactly. A lot of, I have clients of mine that have actually sold homes because it was better off for their family to not own. And it was just that their particular situation. So there's always going to be that, but you're right. Every time an investor is to sell to an end user, the The realization that I don't think people see is that you have taken out a property from that segment. And that segment, by the way, is only growing. When you talk about bringing in a million people from a different country into our country, guess what? Very few at the beginning are owning, they're renting. So we are literally compounding a current problem that exists today by all these people coming in and being renters it's insane to me and it's about time
1: really that we're able to have now a real conversation from an economic standpoint and not from you know uh, an, a, uh anti-immigration stamp agreed right yeah it, it's, a, it's about time that it's happening and it's actually very healthy that it happens in in different you know um the chambers, whether it's, you know, city council, whether it's, you know, the you know, provincial government, federal government, it's a good conversation to have. This is not about anti-immigration. It's about proper policies to make sure that you're able to house everybody who comes to this amazing country. Yep. You know, everybody who is living in this amazing country, right? Like, so we need to look at policies and and get our
2: heads out of those places <laughs> you know when it comes Agreed. to well the uh, di- discussions right the the, the the immigration thing to me is I I actually don't sit here with a problem with immigration my problem is with the lack of them the meaning the government putting in things in place that are going to fit I, I keep always thinking these things well you're bringing in a million people a lot of them are coming to Ontario guess what I don't see no new highways. I don't see no new lanes on the 401 QW. And we see how crazy it is to drive from, say, Hamilton to Toronto nowadays. Back in the day, you could kind of get there in a decent amount of time. Nowadays, it's an hour and a half. and it, And that's not even in bad traffic. So we got it. There's little things like that we have to do and obviously
0: supply. Yeah, and I'm just going to finish this note by saying, "15-minute city, Dave." <laughs> I mean, come on, you know the government wants to create a solution. You don't want, you know what? They don't want to increase the highways because they want to reduce you traveling. Oh, and I know. That's a completely different tinfoil hat conversation that we could have. And uh, you know what? Maybe we'll throw on our tinfoil hats for the next section when we come back after our break. And hey, like I said, don't forget to follow me on Instagram, The Simple Investor One tomorrow morning it's going to be pretty exciting 9 a.m don't miss out go to the simpleinvestor.com and we'll be right back and welcome back it's amazing how quick this show goes by here we are last segment of the real estate talk triangle in-house with me i've got tim sirianos broker owner remax ultimate also he is the former president of the toronto real estate board former director at the canadian real estate association and i gotta tell you Top-notch broker. I know all these people love him. And, uh, you know, you got some real talent there, Tim. And Dave Butler, of course, but he is the broker owner of BM Select. You know, amazing mortgage team. And guys, just before the break, you know, I I decided that, uh, you know, while we were going uh, through the break, I'll throw in my tinfoil hat because, you know, there's some things that I think we can uncover here. Um, Tim, I'm going to go to you. You know, we were, we were talking offline a little bit and, you know, they're... I got to tell you, there's some disappointment that's happened over the years when we take a look at, you know, some of the things that I guess perception around real estate, some of the perception of what's going on with taxes and ownership and everything else. And, you know, you'd really touched on something and, and, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to open up the, the, the phone to you. The the tax thing is the thing that you think that we were talking about or <laughs> you know there's, there's well, a lot of this stuff I mean you know quite frankly well like you know we can put on our tinfoil, hats well, and take tinfoil off, hat take then, off
1: the, take off the gloves and oh absolutely so I mean first and foremost I mean we got we got a huge election right now we have it, it's it's up to us as you know citizens of Toronto uh, to really make a you know the right choice or the best choice we can make uh, filter through the promises you know look at what's re- real and what's you know uh, fiction Um, you know, for example, you know, things like raising a vacancy tax, as we talked about earlier, you know, there's nothing vacant right now, uh, 200, you know, million dollars in corporate, you know, taxes. Hey, you know, uh, I'm blessed. Uh, I've made a, you know, serious, serious investment by owning the locations, the land, meaning the offices that our brokerages are in. And, you know, one of the examples is having, for example, a 40 by 110 foot building in downtown Toronto. I also pay about $6,000 a year in boulevard parking above and beyond that, and my tax bill is $68,000 a year. And if you really look at the building itself, it's 37 by maybe 95, right, actual building when you do the setbacks. And that's, there's no services for that, right? So I mean, whoever we elect, I think has to really look at, you know, is there a discrepancy there? Is there a weight on, you know, an unfair weight on businesses? And on you know the, the you know the corporate in Toronto, if you want to call it that, yeah. and how can we really you know help? Because the more you help corporate you know Toronto and business Toronto, the restaurant, you know, again, let's not forget this is not me crying any in, in any way. no nope. this is this is about you know, buying local or buy buy local, right? So if you have a restaurant, they're paying the realty taxes that the landlord has. Just yeah. we just want to put it out there so yeah. everybody understands how that works. So the higher the tax rate, the more pressure on businesses. The less employees, the less everything becomes worse and worse and worse. Right. So maybe it's time that as citizens we ask about, uh, you know, the subway system. Maybe it's time we sell it to MetroLinks and let them do a better job and save a you know a, a crapload of money for the citizens of Toronto. Maybe we look at you know what's a DVP worth and what's a QEW worth. You know, maybe eliminate that you know from you know from the weight that Toronto has to bear. You know, because, you know, Doug Ford seems to be and the provincial government seems to be open for business. Maybe (laughs) it's time that we talk to them about, you know, here's our books, our book. You asked for our books to be opened. Our books are opened. Now, how can we be in partnership here and help us out so we can provide Toronto with what we need? And I do believe that their infrastructure and, uh, you know, needs to be tied into any transfer payments. I'm a big fan of that. That's the only way to get city council off their laurels and to really push you know, uh, zoning to be opened up to in, to include more investment, to get more people coming in to add housing and not have a premier or, or a prime minister talking about building a million, a million and a half houses. <laughs> they should not be the one saying that. It should be, we are here with these cameras and this is the build association. And this is what we struck a deal to do. And this is the corridors we're going to do it in. And we're supporting them to do so. Uh, You know what I mean? I I think that's, you know,
0: I hope that kind of captures what I'm feeling, (laughs) you know, like. (laughs) And and look, Tim, you make a, you make a lot of valid points, Dave. Um, You know, when, when, when we go backwards on some of these politicians and, you know, I almost think that they say things just for, for, you know, to get elected, but there, there, there's absolutely no substance behind it. And, And, you know, our, our, and and i know a lot of people will sit there and say you know you and i talk about an inventory shortage on a regular basis and people's you know i think to a nauseum to a certain extent but you know reality is reality like you know if the sun's out every single day i'm going to say the sun is out okay if politicians are full of it okay and they keep giving a, us a number that is impossible like with full tilt okay so build association you know have the great guys have them on all the time you know we've got you know we've got major engineers and, and and developers and they're telling us there is no way impossible to even come close to that number why do we even listen to it
2: yeah it's uh yeah i mean it, it's the problem is is i think there's a large percentage of people still sadly that are taking these politicians at their word, even though they have shown time and time again that they won't be able to do it, or they're going to use some excuse. And um, you know, I I, 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 we were we were mentioning this earlier. So, I was like, I, I was, I'm, I'm don't consider myself a political person. I never did. You know, I was always head down, build my business, do my thing. Um, And I think it's 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 interesting and I think it should be noted that someone like myself has actually been drawn into actually paying a lot of attention to politics over the last five or so years and even particularly after covid, um, you know, and during covid. So, um, you know, I I think the problem is we can see a lot of things that are broken. I think there's a lot of people that are involved in the systems that can see things are broken and we're fighting an uphill battle. I mean, it really does feel like in a weird way we're being ignored and that, you know, the they're just going to pander to the other, say, 60 or 70 percent that are still kind of following the message and haven't kind of fought back. You know, and I think that's the. I think, unfortunately, we're we're rolling into if we wanted to get really tinfoil, I think we're rolling into, a, you know, potentially a political revolution over the next whatever, you know, five, 10, 20 years. I don't know. We don't we don't know. But it definitely feels that at this point, trust with politicians, trust that they will do the things right. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't feel that trust anymore. That's for sure.
1: I think, I mean, when it comes to, uh, Sir interrupt, when it comes to looking at, you know, what needs to be to happen right now is we need to accept as people in this city that Toronto is not a village anymore. Yep. It's a big world-class city. And if you're holding on for dear life to keep it the way you always remembered it to be, uh, I think that's one of the biggest problems we're having as a city. You know, the NIMBYism. you know, not in my backyard, right? And sometimes when you have too much of not in my backyard, the pendulum goes way farther than you want it to go. Right. And that's another concern I have as a Torontonian, because I like to see, I don't mind seeing a condo being built. I don't mind seeing, you know, um, you know, certain, you know, reinvestment, reinvigorating neighborhoods, you know,
0: you know, having the Dundas, the Queens, the Kings, all come back to life. So you saying that I need to ask you a quick question because we are going to run short in a second, but I do need to ask you the question, the idea of the science center moving to where Ontario place was. What do you think? I really don't care. You know, like I mean, I'm being. But you develop the land
1: where the science. Well, center well, you know, you find out that you find out that you know most of the land maybe cannot be developed because of certain underground. If it's if it's even true, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, uh, is a possibility. But you know, I've always felt that the science center being, um, you know, where is it? Where it's at? You know, far away from everything else that would be a place for people to, you know, as a tourist to see or do. Um, does it have to be that big? Probably not. You know, but. It's not, I mean, this is like a lot of noise to me, right? Like you have to ask yourself, how much is it costing us to operate the science center? What is the right cost, right size, right cost to have it? And where should we put it if that's the case, right? Um, I get asked a question a lot about Ontario Place. That's the number one question I get is, you know, do you agree with letting Ontario Place become private? And I'm I'm like, well, look, you know, at, at the end of the day, what you don't want is not to have any access. As long as you have access and you can enjoy it as a family without having to put your hand in your pocket because the the biggest problem Toronto has is you can't go anywhere without spending forty dollars parking you can't go anywhere to find parking you can't I mean it's hard to have fun you know so as long as you can have it open let them spend 700 million you know or five
0: billion whatever it is and let's bring it back to life and with that said that's going to be a wrap for, for for this week, guys. Listen, I I love having you on the show. Thank you so much uh, to the two of you, Tim Siriato, and Dave Butler, for being part of the Real Estate Talk Triangle as you do every single month with me. And uh, folks, that's that's how quickly a show goes by. Uh, being absolutely awesome. Uh, don't forget tomorrow morning, nine a.m. That's it. You get ready. If you want to have an opportunity to be able to buy an investment property now for only one hundred twenty nine thousand nine hundred, you got it. You got to go to the dot I do want to thank. My producers here in the studio. I've got Omar and Aiden. They keep it simple for me this week. Really appreciate that. Yeah, uh, we've got Ian Grant there at the head office. And of course, he makes sure I do this right because we don't want to put out anything that you don't want to listen to. And of course, I do want to thank you for listening and you know making us the number one real estate talk show. Of course, I'll be back next Sunday as usual at noon. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010 Toronto.